Hey everyone, and welcome back to SVN on the Go. I'm Julian Banuelos. And I'm Garrick Weir. Thank you for joining us for this episode of SVN on the Go, a podcast for commercial real estate professionals and leveraging the power of SVN's unique platform. Today we're sitting down with Bartow McDonald. Bartow is an entrepreneur who serves as a managing director of SVN Florida Commercial Real Estate Advisors in Ocala, Florida, where he enjoys working on commercial real estate deals in North Central Florida. Prior to joining SVN, Bartow served as the Vice President of Acquisitions and Development for Cope Properties Incorporated in Ocala, Florida, where he was responsible for the acquisitions, entitlement, marketing of portfolios, and client properties. Before starting two companies, Bartow spent six years working for a fast-growing international manufacturing firm, where he gained in-depth industrial experience through his leadership positions in manufacturing operations, distribution, logistics, and marketing. Bartow earned his MBA and Bachelor of Science from the University of Florida, Thank you for joining us today, Barto. Hey, it's great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. So uh, let's start from the beginning. Um, how did you get started in commercial real estate? Yeah, well, it was uh, 2006 and I had a company and was recruited by a developer who had more deals going on that he knew what to do with. And um, if you guys may remember, that was right before the big collapse. So my timing in, uh, in entering the market was interesting. Let's just put it that way, <laughs> but, uh, but a great experience. And so I spent the, learned about the land business uh, working as a VP of acquisitions, where my mission was to find raw land that looked like it had the ability to be developed. And then we would purchase it, take it through what's called the entitlement process, and then sell it to uh, either investors or users or residential uh, home companies, builders. That's pretty awesome. So kind of specializing in land, could you walk us through the land sale process and how it differs kind of from your typical commercial real estate sale? Sure. Yeah. You know, the first thing that is similar to other uh, commercial assets are typically you got to do a lot of homework on the front end. And that's certainly true with land vacant land. There are a whole lot of things that uh, you got to find out to help you understand the asset. Things like what's the land use? What's the zoning? uh, Does the property have floodplains? What's the floodplain look like on it? What's the topography of it? In in Florida, we have an issue of sinkholes. Are there sinkholes? Um, Has the property been surveyed? Uh, Is there debt on the property? Are there easements on the property from other neighboring landowners or utility companies. Um, there are all kinds of different things on the front end that we've got to get our m- brains around when we're interacting with landowners to really help us understand exactly what they have. And many times they don't even understand what they have. Yeah, absolutely. That, I know it can be a tricky process. Um, so who are your typical clients and how do you meet them? Well, maybe one of the cool things about uh, land is where there really isn't a typical type of a of a buyer or client. There are certainly two different groups. One would be investors. Those would include professional investors and institutions that are parking a portion of their portfolio in, in a, a land assets. That could also include private investors. Uh, it could be a group of friends that come together to form a syndicate that want to invest, or it could just be private private individuals. The other kind of uh, buyer typically for 
Uh, land is a what we call a user. That could be anywhere from a, a farmer to um, a, a company that's looking for a location for a distribution and manufacturing facility, um, or it could be a, a shopping center group or a national retail uh, chain that's looking for land. So it really depends, and that really is kind of what makes it pretty fun and dynamic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's never going to be a typical day. <laughs> Like a lot of our brokers just cold calling the same kind of people. So yeah. I'm actually just coming off of the managing directors conference. And a lot of what we talked about was corporate collaboration within SVN. I got to see firsthand a lot of the managing directors doing deals together over the last two days. So collaboration is a huge part of the SVN culture. How do you work collaboration into your personal business model? So I'm guessing this is a great spot for our to plug our SVN platform, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's, um, I love it. And I, um, um, I'm working on a number of deals right now. As a matter of fact, I spent four hours with one of our advisors uh, from downstate uh, who has a client with an asset here and we're working together. They have the relationship with the client, but uh, we're partnering together because I certainly know the lay of the land around here and um, I'm creating value for them with my knowledge and they're creating value as they interact with the client uh, and the relationship. So uh, I really love our culture of collaboration because especially with land uh, and especially because of the unique requirements of, of local knowledge, it's really important to have a culture where we uh, work together. Um, and likewise, I've had other clients that have land holdings um, in other parts of Florida, and I don't think twice about picking up the phone if they're located outside my uh, my primary market and finding the person that is the expert in that area. I think that at the end of the day is totally in the best interest of the client and helps everybody be successful. So it's worked out great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess zooming back out to more big picture, um, how are land sales changing and what are the current trends? And I guess that could be what you're seeing in your market or just big picture, you know, across the country. Yeah. Yeah. Land sales seem to follow the general economy. And when, for example, national retailers are uh, optimistic about the future, we'll start seeing them pop into this marketplace looking for locations. As a matter of fact, we're in that part of the sales cycle right now. And the funny thing is they're kind of like the cattle on our family's ranch. You know, they're, they're always kind of waiting for the first one, first bull to make the move. And then the rest of them typically follows. So for example, we've got a, a client that has uh, some great land along I-75 and another interchange. And it's been quiet for many years. We, uh, within a period of, three months have three contracts with national retailers who have decided that this corridor makes sense. So um, I'd say land is, is uh, follows the, the ebb and flow of where we are in the real estate cycle. And that's as a broker, really important to be able to know where we are in the cycles as we're talking to clients and helping them figure out valuations and their strategies um, for their specific land. Yeah, that, <clears throat> that makes perfect sense. And then we talked a little bit earlier how kind of the land sales really differ from your typical CRE, just commercial real estate sale. Let's talk about you personally. What is your most memorable deal that you have done? 
good or bad, just tell us personal experience. Yeah. Well, you know, um, the first deal I ever did was we had found a piece of property that we closed on for $6 million. We spent about six months working on some entitlements to get residential uh, development on it, potentially. And uh, our, our client sold it for $10 million in a pretty short amount of time. That got my attention. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of other uh, unique things about land. I think one of the fun things that I enjoy the most is what's on the land and, uh, and walking the land with, with the owners and even prospects. Um, you know, I found everything from uh, crashed airplanes to dinosaur bones. Um, I'm really excited. We just uh, listed one of the coolest properties I've ever worked on. It's 550 acres, and it has the longest private paved runway in America on it. It's called Jumble Air. Um, so land is fun uh, because it can have a whole lot of different characteristics and gosh, every parcel is unique and fun to explore. We were on a, um, a parcel yesterday with another one of our SVN advisors that we're partnering up on who showed me this coup under this old barn, lift up this, lifted up this tarp and there's this carriage from the 1800s. And uh, I mean, it, it was just so neat looking. So it can sometimes be like a treasure hunt. And that's one of the things that makes it fun and memorable. Yeah, dinosaur bones. That is absolutely wild. Um, I used to live in New Orleans and I know that um, it's a, the rumor was that the Saints, the Saints Superdome is like over a burial ground or it's near an Indian burial ground. And that's why they can't expand it at all. Because if you hit an Indian burial ground, like everything stops for months. So um, I'm imagining dinosaur bones could be the same thing, um, which, yeah, you know, yeah, nightmare yeah. For potential developers. Um, but anyways, um, what is the uh, biggest problem currently trending in land sales and how do you see it being solved? And again, this could be in your market or um, larger, bigger picture. Yeah. You know, I think the thing that comes to my mind uh, isn't really the biggest problem, but it's it's the maze of various local laws as it relates to the land use zoning and maybe more importantly, the path that you have to navigate to figure out where the boundaries are for growth and where they're not for growth, where certain areas um, can be designated for wilderness or not development. And getting in tune with those um, is really important and it's it's so different even in the market we serve which has you know my my primary market is really made up of about four counties and within those four counties boy that that landscape is so different in each one of the counties and that can be really challenging to navigate so that's probably one of the biggest challenges with any with land in general and the way you uh, kind of navigate that is to make sure you're you're close to the decision makers and knowledgeable about what's going on and where it's going on. Yeah. And that kind of ties back uh, earlier with you saying you really do have to do your research and make sure you're on top of everything to make sure that you're kind of giving the right information to your clients. So, yeah. And that's why, I mean, working with local brokers, I think is so critical wherever you are in the country and, and working on land deals. It's very specialized and it's very local. Yeah, I completely agree. And kind of on that same note. So, if someone listening today is interested in selling land, we have a lot of new to business brokers, a lot of couple of first, second year guys. 
how would you suggest they get started within the specialty group? Well, you know, every community as it relates to land is kind of like a chessboard. And there's a lot of great software available now um, where you can have a bird's eye view of what that chessboard looks like as it relates to parcel boundaries, land use zoning, growth patterns, um, and all these things that are important. So the first thing to remember is uh, you got to understand the, the playing field. And uh, there are lots of great tools available to help uh, an, an advisor do that. Uh, the next thing is learning uh, what the homework checklist looks like, because that will uh, largely affect how you advise the, the owner on the value of it. It'll certainly help you under, avoid, hopefully, some potential landmines and pitfalls and help you not waste a lot of time. So things like what's the land use and what's the zoning? And sometimes these two things cannot be in alignment, and that could spell real trouble down the road. So being able to understand and share with clients what those things are can be really helpful to them. And I'd say over half of the people that we interact with have no idea what their land use and zoning is, and that is probably one of the biggest drivers of the value for their real estate. Understanding uh, where water runs on the property and where it doesn't is also really important. Um, and so you can find that through flood maps and topos. And then there are other things like environmental studies, things like uh, we call them phase ones and phase twos can be really important. And sometimes uh, it's great for, to advise an owner to, to make the investment in a study on the front end because there's nothing worse than finding the sweetheart deal, getting into contracting, going through due diligence and getting excited only to find out you've got some serious environmental issues on the back end. Oftentimes it's, it's worth the headache to, to deal with those things on the front end. And that could be include things like threatened endangered studies for various species of wildlife. We have a client that's got a, a farm right now that's right in the growth corridor where a lot of industrial development is going on. And one of the things that are really important to um, site selection groups and corporate real estate people are, what are the liabilities of this land we're looking at? And so as they look across the landscape of properties and locations for different distribution centers and warehouses, high up on their list are, has it been surveyed? Have environmental studies been done? You know, do we have a clean bill of health? And um, are there risks there? So there are lots of things that uh, need to can need to happen to land to help make it attractive uh, to buyers, and largely that can often look like you know reducing risk on their end. Um, there are other things like uh, title searches that can help shed light on potential easements that other people may have on the property, and it's amazing how many times people have no idea who has easements onto their land, whether it's utility companies or neighboring land owners. Um, and then the other thing that I think of is what's the debt picture? Of course, you can apply that to really any kind of CRE asset, but having an understanding on the front end of what is this owner's debt position on the land can also help you understand the, um, how to advise them with pricing strategy and the timeline. One of the things that makes land sales unique and probably different than most other asset classes is just the amount of time it takes from listing to closing. I typically, a minimum listing agreement for us is about three years, which can be mind-boggling to some people. But if you've 
do this long enough, you'll appreciate the amount of time that it takes in the marketplace for land to become liquid. It's not like an income producing asset with a cap rate. And for that reason, when advisors look at getting in the land business, you really need to have a long timeline, especially when it comes to your personal budget with commissions and making sure that you are getting your ducks in a row for the long haul. So that said, uh, it can be wonderfully rewarding financially as well. Um, Think of a deal that I worked on for seven years with a client and we finally closed it for about $5 million and it was a very healthy six-figure paycheck, which was great. So just a few ideas for folks thinking about entering into land business. Wow, seven years, that is quite a long time for a deal, but good for you for seeing that through and I'm sure it was well worth it. Um, so Barto, I think that is all we had. Um, thank you again for uh, joining us and I'm sure a lot of people got some very good nuggets of advice um, from this interview. So appreciate you coming on. Great. Well, thanks for letting me tag along.